For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back. This is the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Joshua Fisher, Alexander, Toss Me the Rock, Disopolis, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. We beat UTSA on Saturday, so let's go get your horns up. Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. We're recording out of our new studio in El Segunda, the three of in us. In Manhattan Beach. In Manhattan Beach, yeah. yeah. It's great. We it's love really it. really exciting. El Segunda. Yeah. El Segunda. El Segunda. I try to like make it more like Texas-y. I don't know, but Manhattan Beach, yeah, in California. I mean, the address says Manhattan Beach. People really? want to come visit us. Yeah. Shout out to us and our families, of course. Uh, we can't give out the address for you know company reasons we can because you can come visit us it's on my email (laughs) (laughs) nick will email all our listeners uh, after the show so really get excited um speaking of excitement it was 17 to 7 at a point they had hit that touchdown pass and then they hit an extra or onside so they hit an extra point then they hit the onside the onside kick and things were looking to be a disaster once again for a game that we were favored heavily in. But once we made things 17 to 14, Bijan found the end zone for the first time. He really didn't turn back. He broke one off for 78 later in the game and then 41 once yeah. again in the fourth quarter and had the game that we've been waiting for. Yeah, been anticipating. I think, you know, it was in the ULM game, we were up by so much. And he did a little bit in the receiving aspect, and, and then obviously did some in the, in the in the run game, like you know, he's scheduled to do. He only got ten carries that game. Yeah, he only got ten carries that game, so the sample size was smaller. They really stymied him in the Alabama game, but both offenses were stymied in the Alabama game. And, and I don't think it was any discredit to his play. It was just the fact that Bama's defensive line was so dominant that our O line couldn't really get a standard push. So. Bijan didn't have many holes to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were also they were loading the box in that game, of course, once yeah. Quinn went down. But I just looked it up real quick. Mm-hmm. ULM game, Bijan had 13 touches, 10 rushes, and three receptions. And this past game, he had 21 touches, which is obviously ideal when we're, you know, we've talked about on this show before that he's a first round draft pick. And we hadn't seen the type of game that really warranted that. I think obviously everyone believes that from a talent standpoint, not only Longhorn fans, but. Um, you know, former NFL players that came out last year and talked about how talented this guy is, but he had the, you know, he had the one, 183 on the ground. He had three touchdowns. Um, he was effective, of course, you know, in the, the past game, at least for the one reception that he had for 19 yards. And, and that's exactly what we've been looking for that, that most running backs that are first round draft picks, um, execute from a performance mm-hmm. standpoint. You know, we, we see it a lot with like guys that, that played in the sec, like, 
um, you know, Leonard Fournette, like what he was able to do at LSU. Of right. course, all the guys that come through Georgia and Alabama. Wisconsin. Yeah, the Wisconsin backs. And he, he, he put it on full display. Right. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Also, don't want to just give all the, the love to Bijan because his running mate, Roshan, had a big game too. 11 carries, 81 yards, and caught a touchdown. Yeah. So getting him in the mix is something super vital to this offense, giving Bijan that time off. And when they're both in the game at the same time, you never know where you're going to get hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's a situation where what gave me comfort, Roshan actually got going earlier than Bijan did this game. And so I, my mindset was, okay, the holes are there. The anticipation for Bijan, like we saw in the Alabama game, is a bit easier for opposing teams. He's in the game. He kind of, it's almost like the Mariano Rivera cut fastball, especially with Hudson Card in the mix. With Quinn, if Quinn's dealing, like if Quinn is what he, he was, we saw in the first quarter and a half of Alabama or so, then we're in great shape, and then we're really going to be able to mix up the spices in the offense going forward. And he's in practicing in pads. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this he is was, smoke. He was padded on the sideline. I don't know if this is smoke and mirrors head into Big 12 as we go into what could be our last game in Lubbock or second to last game in Lubbock. Or no, it could I be sure our hope last so. game in Lubbock because they'll be coming to us next year. And if we're going to the SEC after that, this could be our last game in Lubbock. Yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah, um, nothing good ever happens in Lubbock. Yeah, and it could be a little smoke and mirrors heading into that game. They are running with a backup quarterback, it seems, which is nice, although I think he's a bit better than people. Or he could have won the job or had a shot to win the job. Talk about the Texas Tech quarterback? Yeah. Um, but before we get into that game, sticking with the UTSA game, all things considered with our quarterback limitations and the limitations with Hudson Card, we talk about it time and time again. He does not get the ball out quick enough. And his ability to shut the field has to be put in question. Mm-hmm. He really can't move the ball too deep yeah all of the passes are are short screens bubbles in routes um if he throws it to the sideline if he throws it deep for some reason there's just too much loft on his ball it hangs up in the air too much and that's with any route that i see that's outside the hash mm-hmm. and typically you know if a ball hangs up too long in the air then it's up for grabs it's anyone's ball that leads to more interceptions now he's not really throwing interceptions yet but he hasn't really played incredible defense against utsa alabama yes amazing defense but they didn't really let him throw the ball downfield that much it was really evident when you know you're running the ball three times in a row especially when the down distance is long but i think it's positive to see quinn on the field practicing i don't necessarily know if that means he's going to be playing for texas tech um or if it's just kind of like to you know get him back in the mix a little bit, get him feeling better, getting his confidence up. And then, of course, trying to bamboozle Tech a little bit to screw up their game plan because Sark last week was very adamant about not giving away his starter until game time, right? Obviously, they probably knew the entire time Hudson was their guy. However, they weren't going to let anyone know who was going to take the snaps until the snap. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up Hudson not only stretching the field vertically but horizontally going for the, the longer-esque screens outside the hash marks. He has issues with those. Those mm-hmm. balls are, by and large, I hate to say it, ducks. And I think it comes back to what you're saying as well is he needs the ball out quicker. But what you're saying, ball out quicker, is more of a decision-making process. Very timid. Very so. timid. But I think from a mechanical standpoint, he needs to have a quicker jolt in his arm. Like He no legit zip. like has to have a, a – yeah, it's no zip. He's got to have more – of a mechanical, um, you know, growth in the arm to make sure that the ball gets out quick. Yeah, he needs a heater. I mean, if you look at go to the just go to the NFL, right? 
if you look at the NFL from the NFL standpoint, like the best, one of the best to do it right now is your guy, Nick, Justin Herbert. And th- he throws a massive heater. You know, he's got a fireball for an arm. So Herbert throws a heater. Hudson Card really doesn't carry that in his arsenal. That's an issue. Um, mm-hmm. And in the situation versus Tech, though, the, the positive of the UTSA game was the holes were open early for guys like Roshan. So once it got later in the game and UTSA's defense was a bit worn down, it was it was easier for Bijan to break through. He breaks through the 78-yarder and the 41-yarder. We also had another touchdown on defense. Yeah. Jade Barron had a touchdown, a pick six. Tip drill. Tip drill, tip six. Yeah. He didn't like really read anything, but it was a, it was a really headsy play. If they're gonna give you those, you gotta take advantage of them. But I just love going into the year. We put so much on the offense, so much on Quinn Ewers, and at the end of the, like the all the preseason pods, we'd be like, all right, well, let's not avoid the glaring issue, which is defense, and has been defense for God knows how long, right? Since Chuck Strong was brought in, we thought the defense was gonna be, you know, it was gonna be fixed, but it wasn't. Um, Obviously, there was the defensive issues in the Herman era. And then last year, we had one of the highest scoring, if not the highest scoring offense uh, in the Big 12. And defensively, we couldn't stop a nosebleed. This year, we're getting turnovers. We saw Frank Harris, the quarterback for UTSA, start to run the ball a bit early. But then nothing. But then we, yeah, we held him for 10 yeah. carries for 38 yards. The defense was... He, he also got banged up in that game. Yeah, he got banged up in the game. But, but nonetheless... They scored 17 points rather quickly. And, and they scored three points after that. Three points after three that. Three points in the second half. The defense made great adjustments. I, I thoroughly think that this is a, a completely different team than it was last year on the defensive side of the ball. The seniors, the guys that were on this team last year, they've matured. They've taken a step up. They're tackling better. They're covering better. They're getting to the quarterback quicker. They're shedding their blocks quicker. It's just a different mentality. Mm-hmm. And we always point to what it could be. And, you know, maybe it's Gary Patterson. Maybe it's PK himself that it's got a fire lit, lit under his ass because Patterson's there. Um, or maybe it's just these guys playing with a different mentality, right? They want to prove something that they are worthy of getting drafted like Overshawn and, and, um, who we may be without for the first half of that tech game. Right. Cause a, a bulk bullshit targeting call that was awful <laughs> tell him how it it was, it was that's it, the second week in a row they try to get him for targeting yeah i mean it was face mask to face mask it's tough you know he you just in those situations you can't necessarily go high right on he's obviously going for the wrap-up but he does make contact helmet to helmet before yeah. he gets his arms around him sarky is appealing by the way good i mean as he should right i mean go fight for your guy type thing especially a defensive leader like that i mean you know he and uh he and Ford both led the team in tackling. 21 different guys had solo tackles in that game, which mm-hmm. is which is what you love to see because it's not only the veterans who are you know making their presence known, but also we had a commanding enough lead in that second half where we could get some of our second and third stringers in that game and give them valuable experience. I mean, Sark talked about that after week one, and you know we've talked about that on this show with Quan, where if we want to become a program you know, like what Georgia seems to be right now, yeah. where they're clearly the best team and, and college in the country. Um, you know, it's about letting your guys who aren't the starters get good run and get valuable playtime. And I, I think the, the really cool thing about this team who we've now seen this iteration of the Texas Longhorns three games of, we started slow in this game. We started slow Against ULM, uh, ULM, we scored two. You know, we scored two touchdowns in the first quarter. We scored zero points in the first quarter against UTSA. 
and we bounced back and we had an effective second half. We were much better in the second half offensively than we were in the first half. Mm-hmm. And that was the complete opposite of what we saw from this team last year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Complete opposite. And I mean, you obviously want to win on both sides, no matter what, whether it's the first half or the second half, but second half is when you make the comebacks, right? It's when you, you go out there and you hit somebody in the mouth when they've been playing for three hard quarters and you got more fight in you left in the fourth quarter. I mean, playing a full game of football. Yeah, exactly. Which not a lot of college teams do. Exactly. And you see it a lot with a lot of teams, just not in college football, but in the NFL as well. There's a lot of teams that have trouble closing out games. And that's that's what bites teams in the ass all the time. And so if this team could step it up in the fourth quarter and be that much better than all their opponents, then they've got a real shot here to run the table in the Big 12. Especially because our bread and butter, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, is that we can run the football. Because that's what I see in NFL games and college football games where a team, you know, some team has a drastic comeback. It's because the team that's leading can't run the football and run out the clock. And we can do that. And I, I think, you know, Hudson, for all his limitations, he did what he needed to do in the air to at least keep them honest enough. And obviously this is not the same level of talent comparatively to Alabama, which I think, you know, they onside kicked it because they know they have less talent. Of course. Right. Like they know they're trying to catch a sleeping. They started off. They started off hot. We didn't. That's why they do that. When, when we were watching this game together, they did the onside kick and Toss, you and I looked at each other and just kind of laughed because that's kind of a sign of respect on Texas. Like, okay, we're not going to beat Texas straight up. So we got to pull out all the stops. We got to pull out the trick plays. We got to do the surprise on sides. We got to steal an extra possession because Texas is that good. And so I felt respected in that, that ta- regard. That talented, at least. Yeah, right. exactly. I felt respected in that regard. It was silly, of course, but like, what you're not expecting. They just scored a touchdown on you, and they're up by 17 points or 14 points, and you're not expecting an onside kick in like the first half. But you, sh- but you should, you should, because going forward, like everyone's gunning for you. They always have been. They, right. you know, they circle your. But that's team. not happening in the Bama game. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I, but I think it's a, lesson, it's a lesson for our team to learn that you have to be prepared no matter who you're facing. Right. Yeah, I mean, I things I I like how there's different lessons in each of the games we roll through. For sure. You know, I appreciate the lesson here in the in the situation that we're discussing. The three of us, you have to be ready for every aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. On special teams, there's you can't be asleep any moment in the game. It's a, it's a chess game, and there's often times where we pull out chess moves as well, whether it be trick plays, you know. It, you have to be aware and savvy for every aspect of the game. And this is a game, fortunately, we were able to pull ahead and, and win out. But against a tougher opponent, not saying OU would try this, but if OU's pulling out the onside kick and catching a sleeping, then they're probably winning the game. It's a completely different story. Because that's they stole his possession, and that's a big possession a because big possession. these games usually come down to one score. Yeah. One thing that I felt this team didn't really do well on Saturday that it's done well in the prior two games was penalties. Nine penalties for 88 yards in this game. Whereas last game... Pretty disciplined. Five back-to-back, five penalty, penalty, penalty games. Yeah. I mean, again, those are things that the coaches will correct, I think. It's special teams, execution, and it's penalties... And if you minimize those when you're playing a team that is up to par with you talent-wise, um, mm-hmm. you know you you make sure it doesn't happen. Um, but it's the same thing as as ULM. Like 
Quinn throwing the early interception, right? This team again and again has shown that like they can have hiccups, but they can bounce back. Mm-hmm. Right. And to show that resilience, I think is really, really important. Um, especially when we get in later in the season. I mean, Baylor and Oklahoma state are cooking. Oklahoma's cooking. Like the big 12 is no joke. No. And I don't even think this Texas tech game is a joke to be quite honest. I feel like every game this season will be very competitive. Yeah, I mean, I think the Tech game, like the Techs, they're alone. They beat Houston. And Kansas is 3-0. <laughs> Kansas is 3-0. Yeah. Taj Brooks is a solid running back for Tech. We know that. We've seen him in the past. Yep. Tech lost at NC State, yeah? It was at, at NC State. And, and NC it's a good team. It's a good team. It's yeah, a good ACC this, yeah. team. Ranked higher than Longhorns. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, they're a solid ACC team. They're probably, what, behind? Do you guys feel disrespected that the Horns dropped in the AP pool, the 22? They no, were 21 last what, week? because what was it? Yeah, I mean, it's one slot. We basically yeah, but got, we, we got jumped by Oregon, who had a resounding win against BYU. They did. They did. Yeah. However... I mean, and we, who also lost their we, their opener to Georgia? We won. We won by twenty one points, though, and we were a thirteen point favorite heading into this game. That's fine. Keep keep the chip on our shoulder. I think that's I'm cool with that. Like if if people still want to sleep on us, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll use it. We were also jumped by Washington, who had a win against number eleven ranked Michigan State. Right. They hopped in the mix. That I mean, was a real jump. It, it honestly doesn't matter right now. We're three games in the season. Once we continue to play, get some more games under our belt. We'll just keep on moving up because a team like us gets more respect as you continue to win. You We're jump. ahead of A and M. We are ahead of A and M. Yeah, you've. You, I mean, uh, just <laughs> looking at the the rankings, we also have. You know, you've got Florida, you've got Ole Miss. You want to? Th- those teams are gonna. Those teams are gonna eat it. Kentucky, Tennessee, like Arkansas. All those SEC teams are gonna eat each other alive. Penn State was nice. There's a there's a fun thing I'd like to do on the show from now on yeah. is we can spend a little time, maybe a segment, um, each time just shitting on A and M, maybe just for a little bit. I think that'd be fun. So I saw a tweet recently that said Texas's attendance for the Alabama game was less than A&M's game after they lost at home to Appalachian State. Basically saying, look at your fans compared to our fans. We had more there. And to refute that, you probably have a bigger stadium. They do. They do. Don't they, they have a big have, stadium in the, yeah, in the United States? You have a bigger I stadium. Does, I know their capacity is at least like 110,000, which is more and, than And I think have. they have 70,000 students yearly. We have 50. Right. I mean, dude, I, I don't... You want, and like, the, and like say squat team and like that video. The tweet was, was like centered around them losing to Appalachian State at home. Like, why... You're just dissing yourself. You're a clown. After we lost at home, after they got caught sleeping at home. Yeah. That I, should be the real I thing. I want to read you the exact tweet. I you think got so. it. We'll give you I, a I think, I think it's pretty funny. No, yeah. The thing is, is like, but this was our Appalachian State game. We could have got caught well, this, looking in the past against Alabama. We got to get caught looking This is a better to, team than Appalachian State. Yeah, okay. I got it up. Go. Texas a because this is, sorry, this is at Aggies today. Texas A&M had a larger attendance count the week after losing to Appalachian State at home than Texas did when Alabama came into town. Hashtag Aggie Fact Sunday. And then it said, there's a follow-up tweet. By the way, the attendance of 105,213 for the Bama game was an all-time high. Texas A&M's attendance of about 107,000 was the third highest in Kyle Field history for an out-of-conference matchup. Okay, first of all, you're playing against Miami. Like, that's a big game people want to go to. But you have a bigger stadium than us. And ours was out-of-conference as well. 
And y'all, like, I don't understand. I don't know. I just, for me, I don't understand the logic that that team puts forth. And this is like, you guys grew up in Texas and know people that went to A&M or go to, go to A&M or something. I don't know anybody for, firsthand that's gone there, admittedly, being from New York. You, you do. You. Brooke Cromer. Okay. I know one. <laughs> I know of. I don't, I've met her like five times, realistically. She, she was a host on our network. You know her? Yeah, I know her. Shout I out to know, her and her family. Yeah, I guess. The thing is, is my point being, I see these things and I look at it. It's one of the few things I look at from a New York perspective and try to understand the logic. My logic still lies there. And I don't understand these people's thought processes at A&M. Of why they would go there over... and No, not even why they... Or just in general. Everything I see of them on Twitter and social media... The oh, the Midnight Yell is, looks ridiculous. The Midnight Yell... It's embarrassing. It, it's just completely pathetic, everything that they put forth. So, for me, I, even a tweet like this, yeah, we could spend time smack-talking them, but it, it's... I, I mean, I'm so bewildered. I'm just so bewildered. Just who puts even, that... Yeah, who puts that out? I mean, what... I don't know the the stadium stuff, like the attendance stuff. I am more focused on our own numbers, and this was the third highest attendance we've had this UTSA game. Mm. So to me, that's, that's an amazing. indicator that people are starting to care more about Texas football because of the buzz around the university, because of Sark's involvement not only with the players and on the field, but off the field in the community. Um, you know, this is something that that we've talked about with Quan all the time, and it's that like. We when we went to those games in college, like we could tell in the stands. Yeah. Save for like that Notre Dame game and the crazy cow game and a couple of other ones, like it's not the same environment as when we, you know, go up north to Dallas for the Texas OU game. But Nick, what I'm hearing from you last week when you were at the Bama game, what I'm seeing just of the attendance records that are being set, it's different. Mm-hmm. Something is different about what's going on this year. And if we continue winning It'll all be gravy. Like we just yeah. have to, we have to keep riding the momentum, and this is exactly where we need to be as a program, going into you know switching conferences to the SEC. Well, this is maybe dare I say, this could be a crazy take. It may not be the biggest pedigree game, but this is one of the most. This probably this could be the most important game of the season because we're entering Big Twelve play and we're trying to win a Big Twelve championship until the next game. It's every game is the most important game of the season. This is the most game. important game of the season. And if you look at the slate of the schedule, sorry before I let you ride, Nick. The Iowa, it's Baylor's at Iowa State. That's an important game. That can that's an e, that's an easy because this Iowa State team is not supposed to be yeah. one of the top teams in the Big Twelve. But if they could steal one away from Baylor, who is that matters. I don't want. Florida. I don't want to like like scoreboard watch though. I think we just got to take care of our own games. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm just saying, looking looking around the league and going. We want to. We're if we're offended by our ranking, we're going to be in a position if we do take care of business. <clears throat> right. Do go into Lubbock with with Hudson with Quinn. We get in there and we implement the same kind of game plan as we had last time with Bijan trying to become explosive with the run. Florida's at Tennessee. They can be bumped from the rankings. Clemson's at Wake. Either Wake gets bumped and gets smacked by Clemson, or we see a quote-unquote upset. It's at Wake. Right. I mean, there's a lot of big games upcoming this weekend. USC at Oregon State. Don't sleep on that one. That could move to our Arizona State. Just fired Herm Edwards. It did on the field apparently too. Really? Yeah. There's a video of it. Super weird. I think some of the things that Toss was talking about though, 
about this feeling different this season and the buzz around the stadium. There's a few things that I can attribute to that that I just see through the naked eye. One is the superstar level that we have. Last year, Xavier Worthy was a freshman. Bijan kind of broke onto the scene a couple years ago, but now he's getting that real Heisman love that people think that he's a true, you know, favorite to win the Heisman, top five at least. Quinn coming in town, being one of the highest-rated recruits. It's that star power that Texas hasn't had in a very long time. You look back at the recent seasons, no one really jumps off the paper at you as like, oh my gosh, that is an amazing NFL draft prospect that I'm going to take in the first round. Like you were saying to me the other day, Josh, that we have three guys that can go back-to-back-to-back number one overall picks, potentially. I mean, obviously, we have to wait and see how it all shakes up, but that would be Quinn Ewers, Kelvin Banks, and Arch Manning. And so the buzz around that, and even if Arch hasn't stepped on campus yet, that still gets people fired up even more that a Manning is that chose Texas. We also had like a, you all see he had like a 28 point comeback or something the other day. Yeah, he crushed it. Yeah, exactly. He he led Newman to another, another big win. Now, star power is one thing. Shout out to Newman. Another thing that I think a lot of people realize is CDC. Our homie Chris Del Conte has, has been put in work changing the culture of the University of Texas and really trying to get the fans out there and giving them that experience and that environment. It just felt like when I went to the game on Saturday against Bama that it wasn't so much of a, all right, we're just going to watch Texas play. It's more of like an event now where – there's a bunch of people excited. There was a, I mean, the tailgates are always a big thing, but maybe it was just because college game day was there. But it was ridiculous how much excitement there was. People were lined up to get into the stadium at 2 a.m. apparently because the student section is first, first come, come first, first serve. serve. So we saw that there were people at 2 a.m. lining up to get into the stadium. Wow. Like that's that's not something that has really happened before at Texas. Some Franklin's barbecue well, type numbers. Yeah, we're also even, even earlier. Than even that. earlier than that. We're, yeah. we're also all, all three Franklin of us are. Uh, we're we're twenty seven years old. The Longhorn City limits, like Florida, is all over my social media, and I and I. The reason why I bring up how old we are is because I think at this point, like, it's we're not in college anymore. We're like, if we saw something cool or we saw something we thought was cool, we posted it on social. Now it's like people are going to it because it's actually a fun event. And they're excited to be there. And that's yeah. why I'm seeing it all over my feeds. I mean, you bring up their age. We have friends that go to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how we. That's, part- that's how I know. Because on my feeds, it's, I follow my friends. So yeah. <sighs> That's how social media works. Yeah. yeah. Thank, uh, thank you guys. Yeah. Really appreciate that. But we, we will we will be previewing Texas Tech yeah, next we'll, episode. We're not going to get too first, far into it. We're excited about this, though. First, yeah. first away game, which I think is worth mm. noting. Yeah. Crazy that we have back-to-back-to-back home games, huh? I'm happy about that. Get our say, get our sight legs, get our sea legs, a our sight legs, get our sight legs a little bit, get our sea legs. I, I'm so excited to see the stormtrooper whites. I love those. Yeah, I think they're so clean. Mm-hmm. I'm pumped. I, I'm pumped for this Texas Tech game. I'm pumped to preview it. We'll get that to you guys this week. Um, but great win against UTSA. Josh Fisher, Alexander Sopwis, DJ Nikki Snacks, Crider. Get your horns up because we are two and one in rank, number twenty two in the country. See you next time. Flat should describe your TV screen, not your TV sound. Experiencing your entertainment like never before with the new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. Breeze through setup with help from Sonos app. You can even use your own remote for control. And when the TV is off, stream music, radio. 
podcasts like this, and audiobooks from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. This show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code BELIEVE and get 50% off your first deposit. So whatever your first deposit is at BetOnline.ag, and you could bet on anything. Futures for MLB. NBA playoffs is right around the corner. Actually, it's here. It's upon us. Playing games start tonight. So go to BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get 50% off your first deposit. Thanks for joining us. We outcha. We love you. Fans out there, drag both feet about, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they free. Hit your free throws because they are free. Hook them. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.